This is the Art of Warcast, a podcast about Legend of the Five Rings, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Opus, Carl Anderton, and Doug Keister. Episode 35, Rules, Rants, and Rokugan. All right, welcome. I'm Tobin Opus. I'm Carl Anderton. I'm Doug Keister. What are we up to today, Carl? Fall TV shows are starting and the turning of the leaves has begun. The winter court is almost upon us. The jesters announced change to the rules, including limiting the strength of tattoos as well as the fate we start with. We learned a little bit more about Aramoro, a bit twisted. The scorpion pack is almost here. The announcement is right around the corner. Excitement is building. We'll discuss all of it and probably some random things too. Yeah, for sure. So, uh... Th- We've taken a this again a little extended break here, but mm-hmm. we have the new Scorpion Fiction came out, the Aramoro Scorpion Fiction. It was good. Yeah, it was. I'm behind um, on that. Now that I'm caught up on the fiction, I'm really trying to stay caught up on the fiction. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So as soon as cool. I saw that it was there, I downloaded it and read it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, no and I, it, it was good. It was and good. I haven't read it. I've t- t- Doug and I talked about it earlier. Um, I've seen a lot of comments like "sick and twisted." Aramaro, he's really a sick boy. Oh, he needs help. Oh, all these things, and you're just kind of like, okay, I think I get the impression of what the, okay, what the okay. story is about. He, he, Something is. <laughs> yeah, he's got some problems, but he's also in some ways par for the Scorpion Clan. <laughs> loyalty, let, let those loyalty, and duty scorpion. above all else. That's Keep true. that in mind. All right, yeah, all right, yep. yeah. Yeah. You know, loyalty and duty above everything, <laughs> and he exemplifies that right to a to somewhat frightening degree. Well, he's a killer, right? He's the minus two military, and if you're zero, you die. Oh, the assassin, assassin. He guy. is. Yeah. He is yeah. an assassin. Yeah. Yes. So we're hitting so. that there. The the rather the, rather than the character assassins we've, oh, we've seen before, the literal. Pay attention. Okay. The a lot of this. Uh, not to give any spoilers or anything. A lot of the story revolves around the interactions between him and his wife. His wife's okay. name is Asami, and uh, the things that they both do and have to do in their roles for the clan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a bit foreboding. Well, I mean, a simple test as the, the name of a scorpion fiction is fairly concerning anyway. Yeah, true. You know, beforehand, true. Knowing nothing else about it. Uh, now, uh, there's other sufficient stuff happened. The RRG was updated, and um, I have some things to say about that. But <laughs> but we'll we'll get to we'll get to that. So s- some of the things that were updated in the RRG, uh, Hawk Tattoo received Errata, uh, No Fate for the second player. Those are probably the two biggest wide widely ch- wide changes. Mm-hmm. There was a change to how dueling is calculated. Mm-hmm. Clarification, really, and yeah. that yeah, the clarification there, and that that allows, I think that has two purposes. One, vengeful berserker, which is the doubling military guy. So if he's been triggered and he has say five military, by the rules of the game, before that change, if you duel with him and you bid three, you're actually adding six to him, because he's he's you double his military skill. So the dueling is at, is added to his skill, and then you would double everything. So 
if he's a, he's a three with a fine katana, so he's a five, he's been doubled to ten. Mm-hmm. So if you bid three, by the rules of the game, he would not go to 13, he would go to 16. I think we've talked about this yeah. before. I mean, yeah, to, right? to clarify, the, the, the wording on the change here is that um, when with it, in the duel, if someone's value is set to something, it is modified normally, where normally modifiers would not change a set value. Correct. Right? And the yeah. dueling, the, the, set, the dial is added after all modifications to the, to the right. value. Yeah. Right, yeah. So yeah. Then, so then... Eventual Berserker would go from 10 to 13. Mm. And those who had been set with, uh, what is it, Unleash the Jinn. Mm. So if everybody's set to three. That's the one I'm thinking right? of, yeah. Unleash the Jinn. Every, set everybody's value to three, and then so you can't really duel in those cases. Yeah, exactly. So y- this allows you to be able to duel. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I was, when I saw it, I assuming that's what they're going for. They're getting around the whole idea that if whatever whatever someone's stat is set to, you can actually still mm-hmm. get for a duel that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Apprentice Earthcaller, um, Unleash the Jinn. I think those are the only two cards that set people's values, right? There might be a third yeah, one so I'm far. forgetting. Yeah. So, uh, no fate for second player. Yeah, that is a change. That's a that's a good one. change. Yeah, no, it's that's a good change. Yeah. I think it's a good change. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, the, the uh, and I haven't seen the data. People have talked about the data saying that mm-hmm. you know sixty to seventy percent or even higher of those who go second win the games. Mm-hmm. Right, well, I mean, because of that second fate. The way we've always worded it, and I know we've had this discussion at least once on here and many times before, is when you are when in the situations where you're given the choice of who goes first or second player, the option was almost always a second. You right. Know, do I do I gamble on getting the fate from passing early, or do I guarantee myself the fate from going second and pass early anyway, and getting right. another fate, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is not which yeah plainly which is, is insane, fate. right? Like oh, I, I I'm up two fate on you yeah, just I mean, because I chose I chose to go second. I mean, there's there's no there's no other, there's almost no other effect in the game in a reasonable way that can gain you that advantage. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I think it's a rock solid one. The, yeah. the idea that I might think about not going second in in the average deck. Is so so that's the question I want to ask. What matchups? What are the matchups where a person would choose to go first? Right. I mean, I think I'm thinking unicorn, unicorn and lion in HM both HMT. Mm-hmm. They might go first. Yeah, uh, the, right? the one I've um, the one I've thrown, uh, depending on my setup as the scorpion player, would be throw down a blackmail artist, grab the air ring. There's a classical. I just want to get that out of the play right now and get a, get to whatever early advantage I can take because I may as well, you know. And there's a class actually dishonor in general is a classic one. The ability to just go and take the air ring out of play, period. Mm-hmm. You know, barring barring card effects and all that mm-hmm. is so it's worth the first player. So I guess yeah. Phoenix dishonor could go in the same. Yeah, same um, almost any dishonor deck will be happy with it. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, uh, you know, you are the, you're taking the risk as first player of poking a province that you don't want to poke, or revealing a province you don't want to reveal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, Magistrate station, and and going first now, very possibly means you'll get that fate. Mm-hmm. You'll get the extra fate, right? Whereas before, with that second player having that second fate, they can afford to buy a, a single big character mm-hmm. and then pass and know that that single big character is going to resist uh, two or three pe- two or three minor people from the person who went first, from mm-hmm. the first player. Yeah, first turn Casada is a little harder with, with this mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little tougher to achieve. First yeah. turn, uh, or a Niten Master with a lot of fate, right? Yeah. Um, Katsuki Investigator with a little bit more fate. These those things are a little bit more pricey uh, when you don't have that second fate to support you. Yeah, and um, a good friend of mine was saying how as well um, it was worth considering uh, in the old second place choice of I go second, I gain, I'm up a fate period. 
meaning that turn two, I am almost gu- definitely guaranteed to grab the uh, guaranteed one ring that will have additional fate on it as well mm-hmm. if I need to do so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's right. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's also the that's also yeah. the pattern, right? And it's and depending on how you play. Most people don't. Most of the time, all four rings are not cleared out in an average conflict phase, meaning that there's probably something that what was good again. Now, first player has a reasonable chance of grabbing turn threes two loaded fate ring. Which is a far more interesting. May, yeah, card. maybe. Yeah. I in my games yeah. uh, recently, there's eh, like I'd say one out of four games ends up having a ring with two fate on it. Yeah. On Jigoku. Now in real life, it's weird how it happens in real life that I think more fate ends up on rings in real life than it does in Jigoku. Personally, I, I, I don't know that. why. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. It might be playstyle matters. Personally, I normally I I almost always see at least one ring with two fate on by by the by turn, turn three. By, by turn three, like some, it's just a ring that something people are just, just like that. Okay, that doesn't matter. Yeah, in most plays, and so yeah, if you if you then take him first player, you suddenly you know at that point you've got quite a spike of fate available at the start of a round. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, right now it seems like air, earth, water. Water could be problematic because if you're not if you don't have a Phoenix character, then water isn't. You know, if you're not Phoenix, then you're not necessarily chasing water. Mm-hmm. Water is always situational. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I found water useful in Dragon. Yeah, to untap after they've attacked. Yeah. Okay. That old. Well, yeah, and that yeah. and that's definitely that's definitely one piece of it. But maybe there's another one there. It's not. It's not. That's the most useful ring. Yeah. I do find myself these days going a lot for the void ring. There's yeah. m- more one fate, more one, more good one fate characters being hit. I, it's rarer I see a big five and two. Right, and I, yeah. I do have a, uh, a lot of the games I've been playing lately. Uh, you know, my opponent's been you know throwing like two or three fate on certain characters. It's like, well, I need to start hitting the void ring because I need to get that thing off the table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you need to speed yeah. up. Like, let's let's get you out of here a little bit sooner yeah, than planned. Like, um, <laughs> And a shy with two fate on her is kind of yeah. Oh, yeah. nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I find myself hitting water defensively, personally. To be yeah, like, just remember, yeah. Just if you're first player, play. if you're um, first player, you can hit water defensively on the second turn. And that being said, I'm normally against all the phoenix too, which you really do want to get water out of play between between covert tricks and the um, uber water trigger. Yeah, and the, honestly, when you're when you're playing something like uh, Kikita Yoshi, going for the water ring is great to. Mm-hmm. Stand up a bunch of people at the end. Oh yeah, or at least one person at the end. You know, to to win the favor. Yeah, the, yep. the, the yep. imperial palace problem. Yeah, how do I counter that? Yeah. Now, the one so no fate for second player. Hawk tattoo errata. Well, let's dual, just hit the, let's hit, quickly hit the hawk tattoo one as well. Yeah. Not un, not unexpected. Completely reasonable. Yes, and yes, yes, yes. And, and played solid out change for the And game. I think Hot yeah. Tattoo drops into Monk's decks now. It, yeah. it comes out of wherever it was, which was almost everywhere. I mean, most Dragon still runs it because they right. can, and I think it's great for them. Still doing the main trick. They're well, doing there's, there's no reason for Dragon not to run it. Yeah, totally. But now, well, if they influence don't, cost. If they, yeah, there's, there might be more, there might be more appropriate, more better, better attachments. It, 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 all that's you know, if you have, if you have Monk's, yeah. Yeah. All that this does is it removes the Swiss Army Knife status of this card. Oh yeah, without any doubt. Yep. Okay, yeah. that's well put. Well put. Yeah. No, without you know, any doubt whatsoever. Yeah, it's it's still a tool. It's still a good tool. It's not an ubiquitous tool that everybody should have. You know, carry with them having their you know, their yeah. right. It, front and pocket. it's not a tool to turn the tables on your opponent. It's a tool. It's not a tool to say, oh no no, you're coming in and you're coming in and you're coming in. You're going to break my feast of famine, or you're going to do this, that, and the right. other thing. You're going to overcommit, even though all I had was somebody with a with tattoo needle. 
um, visit your house, and all of a sudden, all these all these warriors come out say, to, take, a, to take out feast or famine. That's a, that's a very very small harpoon. Yeah, but it's exactly. a harpoon from hand was the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Um, and so now it's a oh you know what I need to break this or I need to win this I'm going to put on my own person and go in. It's it's what it should be, which is it's a it's a surprise swing in the battle, not a inevitability. And I would say as well, if you look at the recent building, it finally starts to kick favorable ground out of some builds. Since almost everyone was running favorable as a defensive measure. You know? Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah, you can see everyone say favorable for, favorable for the tattoo. It's like the most common comment I saw on builds on mm-hmm. um, Five Rings. I see no reason not to keep favorable ground in there. Now. Yeah, true, but you don't have to now. Before, well, you know, but competitive play bolstering. Like, yeah. Hawk tattoo is one card, three copies. What's the you know what's the percentage chance of actually seeing it in the game? Mm-hmm. Pretty high. It's a conflict card, right? So yeah. you, you can, can draw you into can, it. You, have more mean, you can draw into that. it, sure, but out of forty cards. You know what's the likelihood? It's 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 possible. So having having favorable ground in there still bolsters that oh, yeah. that play. Yeah, so. but I mean, I'm just saying that there was a, definitely a strong conversation on you put favorables in period because Hulk exists. As right, and so. it it seems like either one of them. Oh, oh so you, so what you're saying is that people are going to pull favorable ground because they don't need to fight it Hawk no tattoo. Longer, no longer becomes a, in the same way that Hawk is no longer a guaranteed card. Favorable is now no longer a guaranteed card. As gotcha. I thought you were. I, yeah, yeah. I was thinking it was with Doug. I was thinking okay, you yeah, were was talking about the, favorable ground. No, it's a great card. No argument. Instead about of it's Hawk fantastic. tattoo, now no, you're they, now you people can drop favorable as a defense against. Yes. Hawk I can't use my big guy because he just get harpooned. So I've got to put favorable in to make sure I can get him out of the damn conflict. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then he'll have another one played on him. Yeah, and blah, exactly. blah, 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 yeah, yeah. precisely. Because obviously, the the odds of having two Hulk tattoos available are much higher than having two favorables. Yeah, especially if you're drawing five, four, three cards a turn, right? Blam, blah, 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 blam. Yeah. So, all right. So the the one thing that uh, the this is my get on my soapbox moment, man. This this is this is not cool. So you lo- remove the RRG, you move the second second player fate. That's fine. We you like that. you. Clarify in the RRG that uh, players are ra- so you randomly assign first player role. Now this was a discrepancy between OP and the original game rules the first time, which th- that was it, and so now you've changed the RRG again, but you still don't change the OP on that one particular point. On we'll that clarify. one particular point, and it seems asinine. To me to not do that there is there is it's, so, it's so a difference between the casual player and the and the and the organized play the irritating part is remind that me again those what, are the, what the rule is for organized play organized play is that you randomly determine a player and that player chooses who's first player yeah right so you mm-hmm. and i are sitting down we roll a dice if we're sitting down casually sure. by the rules of the game you choose evens i choose odds boom it comes up odds I'm first player. Yes. I don't have any choice about it. Right. I'm assigned yeah. first player. Boom. Uh, you choose evens. I choose odds. I roll. It's odds. I get to choose who's first player in, in an organized yeah. tournament, in an organized play fashion. Why have that difference? That's another. We're you know so much okay. of this community has talked about barriers to entry and all these things. When I sit down again, when I sit down opposite somebody and I explain to them, oh, you know, we're gonna do this the organized playway because the organized playway is different than the casual playway. Yeah. That's all. That already. That's a. That's a little bitty message, a minor micro message that says, why are why are the two types of it's, play it's, different? It's needed added complexity. 
it's needless the, added complexity. Needless, yeah. Needless, yeah. 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 And, and I don't know the root causes of where OP came up with, let's have the someone choose who's first player. I don't. I have a sense that that came from Magic. That that's the way that it's done somewhere in some game. That there's historical precedent to say, hey, but you know what? They remove the the second fate, and that removes the variance in lying there. And I think if they but the, make the two match, and I and I really like fixed fixed assignment. I really do. It yeah. happened in Congress. That way, you as a player, we roll you the have dice. to plan for, for both contingencies. We roll a die. Whoever wins the die roll, that's first player. That's yeah. yeah. And yeah. You don't so, get to choose based on your matchup. I, 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 that when I say those words, I'm really, really not happy. <laughs> I can see why, you know, in a tournament situation, having you know, that does allow for a slight competitive advantage. And it does it does allow for a little bit of gamesmanship, and it does sort of so it does sort of fit in with the idea the, the of what a tournament is, and so there there is, a, you know, there is reason to have it. Yeah. But I I am a fan of the kiss principle. I've probably said that before on this cast. Yeah. So I I think it should be the same for both. But uh, as, as another sort of alternate point of view, I said you know we sit we sit down you and me in front of at a tournament across each other and you know we pull out a die roll it i win you win doesn't really matter because without the second player fate you're more you're probably more than likely to go first uh, if you win the die roll uh, well so so okay. but here's the thing so here so so even you, given you the make choice some good points so here's the thing that we have to decide or, or i don't know if we have to decide as community but we have i have to decide as an individual right i th- th- i hear a lot of people saying, I want this game to be based on player skill. I don't want it to be based on variance. Sure. Okay? That's why people are railing against limit one. They don't, the competitive players, the competitive scene, and I'm to some extent a part of that. I'm not highly competitive player, but I'm part of the competitive scene. I, I, I'm I, okay with limit one cards. If they come up, I feel lucky. If they don't, meh. So whether you want it to be based on skill or whether you want it to be based on variance, I would pose the argument that having randomly assigned first players makes it more about skill than variance. Okay. Right? I, I would not because agree with that. Because that way you have to you have to as the first as the as a player sitting down has to plan for your deck to go either first or second and you don't have a choice about it. So you're moving I mean in that situation though you're moving skill away moving skill slightly off the play control and more into the, the the play factor of skill and slightly more into debt building. Assuming my tactics and strategy and build are ready for either situation, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm saying I think that's what you're describing. Whether it be play or deck building, yeah. Both I, I think it yeah. enters into both mi- yeah. to a minor extent. Having more player control over the choice mm-hmm. means that I I think that lends itself to to greater advantage. Oh well, I'm I'm going against HMT. I I've got the choice. I'm going to choose first player. See, I fall more on the agency side. I always, I always tend to move towards player agency being a better goal in the game. And in this case, player agency being the roller dice. Someone picks. Someone then. Someone is assigned to pick who goes first or second. But I don't think I, those two are different enough to worry about. I do think, as you say, there the variance between the two rule sets um, does not seem conducive. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's even more. Yeah, like from once from one one part of my brain, one part of me who's a person who wants this community to grow, sees that difference and goes, what the f- 
is going on? This yeah. is insane. So, and then the other part of me, who's a competitive player, sees the fixed player and goes, "I I, I loved it for Conquest. Conquest was first first fixed player assa- assigned, mm-hmm. right? It was yeah. it was fixed assignment. I love that. Let's make a fair point here. We don't want the problem of having to pick a first or second player because it does lead to all these various issues here. But we require a method. That's mm-hmm. simply it. So all we're trying to do is to pick one that works. Pick, pick, pick whatever we can. And as long as it's stable between every every game we play, which is the main complaint we've got, we're fine. Right. If, if there was some way around not having the problem of balancing first versus second player, we wouldn't want we wouldn't do it if we had, right. had, didn't have I, to. So I guess my, my perspective is, is that don't knock the mic over. <laughs> 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 that would be bad, okay? I don't really have a horse in this race. You know, whether it's... Roll a die, and the winner of the die roll chooses, or roll a die, and whoever wins is the first player. I think, you know, in easily 60% of cases, it comes out to be the same thing either way. I mean, they're, 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 they're very, very equivalent. Yeah, so, so, so because of that, I don't really have a horse in this race, uh, except for one thing. Anytime that you have a situation where you, you, ha- where you say, the rules are X... Except in situation Y. Yeah, precisely. When th- that's that's bad. That's yeah. strictly bad. You know, as much as as often as you can, it should be the rule is X. Yeah, particularly when we're talking about something that's not even the golden rule for card effects and things. This is simply right. framework, the the basics yeah. of the game. Yeah. So I, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So we choose first player this way, unless you're in an organized play tournament sort of situation, and then we do it differently. Yeah. That. Is yes, I agree that that is bad. I, yeah. Having that rules variation is, is, it's it's needless complexity. Yeah, we've all we've all taught new players, we've all introduced new players to games, and ev- almost every game I've been involved in at some point has had a touch of this one once or twice, and it's generally been removed. So yes, we would rather that wasn't the case. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's just a, an, yeah another barrier to entry when I'm teaching when I'm teaching yeah, someone new or so. telling yeah. somebody new. Right, basically it's so. it's hard enough to get them. It's if they're interested, getting them into the game, convincing them to buy in at the price, you know, at, at and people do people that get into these games tend to want to buy in lock, stock, and barrel, whether it be all in one shot or whether it be over a series of weeks or months, they they know eventually they will spend that money, mm-hmm. and so it's hard and having that even that smallest the smallest uh, difference between the casual play rules and competitive play rules is is rough. Yeah. Let's say this is not the lightest game on the cognitive weight anyway, so let's not add to it. Oh yeah, that's 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 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> teaching teaching to new guys quite recently in the cafe, and then they're not they're not they're both like regular magic players. Mm-hmm. Having, you know, they both got picked up their their box of Guild of Ravnica this week alongside the the first of their clan packs, yeah, packs rather, and they're they're definitely sat there going like Carl every two seconds. Carl, one moment. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do this? How does this happen? Oh, what happens yeah. here? Now some of the, some of the cool things maybe and maybe. Just maybe Brad and Tyler will answer some of these questions on their recently announced Discord AMA. So they're going to do some clan-based, clan-focused AMAs on Discord. And so that should be interesting. It starts next week. I guess that means I have to get back on Discord, right? <laughs> it starts next week, and here and and so summaries. You know, people. There's there's plenty of folks that aren't on Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't prefer Discord. 
I just I I, I just I'm had not, a hard time my, keeping my up with the not, conversation. Yeah, I feel uh, I have to keep up with it, and like, that's I mean, not the right. The feeling. Discord sh- the Discord chats are are great. They're, they have the, there's lots of good conversation on there. Absolutely, and that's the problem. Yeah. There's so much good conversation, and it never stops. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> Discord is hitting social media status. The slight problem being that it's one constant like um, flow of consciousness, right? Yep, yeah. yep. But that so that starts next week, which next week is also two things happen. The Scorpion Pack comes out October eleventh. Yep. Is Should the hit. date for the Scorpion Pack? Woo! Are we give a death note. I knew it was coming uh, up, but um, yeah. Yeah, October eleventh. They, okay. they cool. I think they released. I think they announced it in when they announced the or when they posted the story, or tomorrow. Uh, That's I think I if I remember correctly, yes, the the they did. And it, then yeah. they talk about, and then the novella, the Scorpion novella. Yes. I'm is looking also forward to that. Out. Yep. I, I'm looking forward to the novella. I'm not so much looking forward to the Scorpion Pack. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, then, I'm well, just the, 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 from all the from what I've seen of the Scorpion players and from what I've heard, it's kind of like the Phoenix Pack, where it's going to change some things, but it's not going to change Phoenix drastically. And I don't know that it'll change Scorpion drastically in the short okay, term. Okay, yeah, I think th- that's it's the, true. I think the, it's the yeah. seeding of the things. impact that I thought that the Phoenix Pack was going to have on the game as a whole. Turned out not to materialize. That's oh. that's true. Yeah, you know, I think I think you're seeing a, a, a slightly more interesting one here. Um, even even with the new Phoenix pack, people at least were going, "Hey, this new stronghold's really cool. Let's change some of my let's change the focus of my build around this crazy stronghold." And, and they were afraid it would be broken. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, it's and it's powerful. Good. It's very it's powerful. good. Yes. It's, very, it's, it's probably still probably the better of the two, but it's not not crazy strong. I guess I'm just you know worried about the recurrence of you know. Basically, the drop bear situation <laughs> that we had before the uh, well, we'll we'll see on that before one. the restricted. But list. I think I think people are more likely to be bleeding in cards from the scorpion pack in regular scorpion play rather than going, hey, here's a completely new scorpion build based on this stronghold. Point in note, I will be doing that and expecting it not to work myself. <laughs> I'm going to be trying the shinobi style crazy crazy deck, but on the side, my standard one will be taking a few upgrades, which is well, exactly what happened and, with and and that's the thinking, right? Like so so when you're using this stronghold, you're like, okay, cool, I can I can. I'm good. I'm good. The stronghold allows me to make some plus one, plus ones, and get rid of dishonor tokens, and that's awesome. And woo, or whatever, right? There's there's a lot of cards in here that mess with dishonor, and and I can stay afloat. And then you realize that you don't have city of the open hand in play when you're playing with this other stronghold yes, with the, 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 right? the dance is dangerous. Like oh wait, we've been playing scorpion for so long with city of the open hand, it's hard to divorce scorpion from city of the open hand. Yep. And that'll only get, like, that'll get more prevalent with each clan pack that comes out. Crane, Unicorn, Crab Clan, or Crab Lion, and and Dragon, mm-hmm. right? Like, Well, uh, I think we've already seen that with, with uh, Lion and Unicorn, though, with HMT. Mm-hmm. It's like, who, I mean, who plays with the, <laughs> the, the core set, you know, Lion Stronghold or Unicorn Stronghold when they've got HMT? Yeah, yeah. I, I still see the, I think the Lion Stronghold... The core set Lion Stronghold is still played sometime. I'd say maybe I, I, uh, Jigoku. I see about a third of the a third. I'd thumbnail it. As far as Unicorn goes, it's HMT almost well, one hundred. I mean, that's, nine the, out of that's the difference between the clan that nine times out of ten. Yeah. That's the difference between a clan that definitely had some solid success and a clan which well definitely did not in its base in its base uh, strongholds. So. Mm-hmm. Right, and then Phoenix, you still see. Phoenix, you, you overwhelmingly it's Kayuden Bayu, uh, Isawa, mm-hmm. yeah, it's right, too good. which is the new one. Yeah, it's rock. Now, some of the characters coming out in this Scorpion pack are quite interesting. 
I'm kind of excited about the crab character. He's the one one. Oh yeah. Uh, who gets plus one plus one when your opponent plays an event during a conflict when she's participating. He has covert or yeah. participating as a defender. Yeah, I mean, fantastic so little character. He gets. He's a. He's a big bad. Yeah. D- don't get me wrong. You know, new cards are always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I, it's just I. I <laughs> The the meta was so one sided for so long until we got the restricted list that this this is this, this pack just worries me a little bit that there might be a, a, a bit of a return to that yeah you know because I mean f- face it you know like Scorpion has a lot of really powerful really you know great cards so you know they're getting more really powerful really great cards probably this well pack. yeah th- but I would agree with the with the community's assessment that Dragon is still ascendant. Right now, mm-hmm. well, so that's what I'm currently trying to play. Tattoo. So yeah, and even the horrible dragon deck that I have is actually pretty good. It's not a good deck, <laughs> and it's still good. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly, yeah. exactly. It needs to be rebuilt. It's but See, yeah. I would I would put in on the scorpion front. The big the big thing there is there's not a whole lot coming out of the new scorpion pack so far that I've seen that I think actually synergizes with itself very well. It blends just fine into the into the current ones, and there are toys to pick out. But I don't think the whole thing that says here is a completely new play style, which is insane. Yeah, which, right. Uh, yeah. I don't think now, that's the concern. I don't. It, it, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying that I'm predicting it's going to happen. Oh yeah. It's just you know the worry in the back of my mind. Totally so. So totally I'm. I'm yes. I'm going to buy my two copies of of yep. the of the Scorpion pack and really and look through ever the cards and you know, love the art and all that. And I love the art on Bayushi's Whispers, by the way. That's mm-hmm. fabulous. But yeah, it's it, it's it's a small concern. It's just in the back of my mind, and I it, and I'm and I'm hoping that it's I'm incorrect about it. I yeah. probably am. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens when the when the pack drops and what it does to the meta. Yeah. So to give you a gauge for that, there's not a whole lot in the new pack that I'm like, ooh, 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 that's straight in here, straight in my deck. You know, that's straight into this build. So there's good stuff coming, and I'm gonna you know, most yeah. definitely gonna be trying it out. But now you guys aren't going to worlds, but I've been. Playing, been playing some crab, and some listeners have popped in, and uh, when I've been playing Crane, mm-hmm. and, and on Jakoku, and they're like, Tobin Lopez playing Crane, well, not like, crab, yeah, 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 not crab, yeah, I'm trying it out. So, and and as if you have any opinions, we'd love to hear them. I have a crab deck, and I have a crane deck, and I like the crane deck because I've the crane deck allows me to basically eliminate dishonor as a victory condition for my opponent. Yep. That's what it does. It says you will break me. You will have to break my strongholds. You will have to you will have to break three provinces and my stronghold before I break four of yours or honor out or mm-hmm. dishonor you out. But it's largely a matter of I'm going to try to take that win condition out of their playbook. Yep. Um and that's a big deal and the and the character, the conflict character coming in Crane that allows you as an action, it's a three-cost character. I think it's a zero-three. As an action, you can bow a dishonored character. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, right? there's, there's a hard... There's a hard like, blammo. This is, this is the old Conquest 2 did box stuff. There is a hard counter to the, here is some new Scorpion stuff, and here is a big <laughs> hammer to say no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like so one. that's a... Yeah. So I'm, I, I'm waiting for that pack to come out, and we'll see what happens. Now... We, sp- but but I want to turn my attention really quickly. So we have the novella, we have the the pack coming out, and I think we know all the cards. The cards that I heard the cards were spoiled on Facebook or anything. I haven't had a chance to oh, look. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, one of the reasons that we're in, doing this uh, 
a couple weeks late or a week later than usual is Carl had magic release last week and I had to get ready for an academic conference. And I've been at that academic conference all week. So I have had very little time for L5R or Facebook or any other really online thing. I've been, my mind melted, I think Wednesday afternoon and I had to keep rejuvenating it. It wouldn't melt every afternoon and I'd keep rejuvenating. And I have very little social media anymore. So (laughs) I'm just out of the loop. Yep. So, but here's the thing: Do we 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 spend some time speculating on what the October 10th announcement would be? Mm-hmm. Now that we're sitting here four days away, any changes to that speculation? Any any other guesses that we have? I, I just want to hear. I was going to say, I think this is the the blank four days before Christmas. Now it's like, uh, I don't know. I'll wait and see. Just at that point now. I give up. I have. I've shot myself out. You know, I don't yeah. know what I'm getting for Christmas. Yeah, it's it's like beyond that. <laughs> okay. It's, I think I don't. I don't think anything we've seen has changed would change my major predictions i mean we haven't had barring the rog stuff has not like shook up the game in some way that says we have big things planned you know i mean not not to me anyway we were talking about we covered the major big changes in there because that's like the big chunk of news we've had since since our last talk you know right and there's not you know there's some dueling tweaks in there there's you know with these stat changes and that's a, a generic change not just a not just a dueling focus one uh yeah, I don't know. I'm not, and there's not a whole lot that says to me. There's the province morning. reveal thing, which yeah. was kind of strange. There must have been a, some kind of issue there. There was a copies change in the RRG. Yeah. Yeah, Almost all. There was some every, uh, the, yeah. uh, the first yeah. version of the card counts as a copy of itself. Yes. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> but just one thank you for the. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. there were there were. A small Is that what ha- was happening? People were claiming that the first copy wasn't a copy. I'm not sure sure they well, were. I I've, think it was a just in case. Well. You know. It wouldn't have come along if if someone didn't try to abuse it somewhere, so or there was a question about it too. Or, yeah, so there, there was a question yeah. about it, or and and yeah. usually a question like that usually comes out of a play situation. Either it was it was a it was a play situation seen at some event or something, or it was a question that came out of somebody's OP league or something that got could, up to. I guess it could have been something in testing. When it's yeah, something we haven't seen yet. Who knows? Because yeah, you can when when it says you can include include three copies of a card. Okay, if you word that vaguely enough, is the first ver- is the first stretch is the first one of those considered a copy or not? Yeah, if you torture the English as far as you can, <laughs> then you can stretch it to four. <laughs> yes, and, you know, I mean, basically, yeah, not, not complaining. Yeah, English, yeah, but, but that's, that's what's happening. Well, well but think put. about th- but think about this. <laughs> you know, go back to the whole playing to win mentality and all that. You know, that's it, that's a loophole uh, to exploit. Yeah. 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 Oh, so they oh, oh, the loop. That's yeah. a segue, Carl. But we're not yes. going there yet. Segway, we're not going segway, there. Yeah. Segue. Oh, so yeah. We real quick. Do we have any other speculation? I think we said no. We said no. Say, it's, it's, it is. It's, this is Christmas Eve. This is all like, right. We'll wait and see. All right. So, yeah. Doug was mentioning playing to win. Yes. What yeah. would you like to say about that, Carl Anderton? Are you referring to the book or the um, subject? <laughs> start with the book, then. No, 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 no. But we're talking anyway. about. A, a, I think, and I sent Nate uh, an email to this effect. He did. Uh, an article in the des- as part of his designer journal entry from two Fridays ago, mm-hmm. uh, last Friday in September, I think, about playing to win as a lie. Yeah, and I literally could not have said it better myself. It was it was a very good treatise on exactly what's going on. I'll I'll let yeah. you take no, the stage. yeah, it's um, so it's I I spotted that and, and first of all completely agree. We'll start with that. Uh, we- very well received. I was interested to see it make its way up onto the um, L5R Reddit. I was fifty fifty on whether it would or not, since since L5R is known for being a competitive group of people. And the essence of the article is saying that the idea that um, playing a game only to win 
um, simply doesn't work. Since anyone doing anyone trying to do that is not actually doing anything that benefits them, and is not actually doing that. It's um it's an evidentiary approach to the whole thing. Talking about how um methods. If he goes into a little bit about um, how he studied, uh, Nate French, which I clarify, is one of the design, one of the designers at FFG, goes into how he looked into this in uh, when he was studying poker and poker tactics, and where the um uh, he goes into results based thinking mm-hmm. where you can't do that in this type of game where if you approach that kind of method your tactics and your strategies change something that don't help you to win but it boils down to the idea that for myself that um, he's going to get the idea that if you approach a game in the simple mind, uh, mindset of all I do is try and win and nothing else and all, all I do all I measure my success by and measure my enjoyment by is winning and nothing else then you won't get better at winning and you won't enjoy the game right his thing is that if you're playing to win if you if you're playing to do the best you can, mm-hmm. right, which is uh, the 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 best you want to be the best competitor and put forth the best effort you can. But sometimes playing the assassin turn two, mm-hmm. right, because that's the best play you have there at that time. That's the best result, but you end up getting dishonored out. Mm-hmm. Those three honor that you paid for the assassination. Problem might have you. You might be able to draw a very direct line between that assassination and you're being dishonored, and the fact that you lost the game. Therefore, the assassination, because you lost the game, the assassination was the wrong play. Even though all evidence to the contrary, at that time, the evidence you had that assassination was the correct play. The path to victory you had was saying do this. So yeah, he he's challenging. He's saying that as a as a player, you should be striving to play the as error free a game as you can. Mm-hmm. With the information that you have at the time, yeah. um, and I said I said this about, and that's kind of it, it resonated with me for one reason, a couple reasons. One, the ideology and the and the framework was sound. Two is that's how I felt at Gen Con. I felt that I played just about a perfect. I, I don't remember. I made one mistake and in, in identifying or not identifying the the stronghold that my opponent was using in game two. He was playing. The core Phoenix Stronghold, as we were just discussing, and I, I assumed it was Asawa. So that was a big mistake. But besides that, the, game, the in-game decisions I made, I thought were bang on. And I felt really good for it, and I had a fun time because of that. Mm-hmm. I still lost a few games, but that's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the big point he hits there is, that, like, when I talk about this evidential approach, this idea that in any game worth playing, which basically is a game that has that combines a certain amount of variance and a certain amount of player skill, because something that's purely player skill is completely solvable and is a less interesting game for that most of the time. He's saying that in any game like that, you can play perfectly. You can get everything absolutely right. You can have your strategies, your tactics, your your execution down, bang on right, and lose. So if your measured approach is how is a measured approach of how well my game went is did I win or lose, then that's completely helpless, useless. And the reverse is true. Your opponent could have an absolutely perfect game, do everything they could possibly do with the cards and the situation given to them, and they could lose, and you could win. And in that situation, again, your measure of whether the game went well for you is complete rubbish. It's crap. It's useless. Now, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit here with kind of explaining my, my feeling on this whole front. When we're playing games, we're entering into a little social contract situation. And without detailing too, without going off too much off track, the idea is that we're both assuming both players are doing their best to win. If you don't do that, you can watch games dissolve. If any of you play board games, you probably know the person who's all, I'm not trying to play to win, I'll do something for fun, I'll do something random. And the game will seem like it falls apart. It does. 
You're completely right because they're not because you can't do what, make um, decisions based on what and assuming your opponent's doing something optimal, the game can collapse, mm-hmm. and that can be a tactic you can mm-hmm. use as well if you're smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the reverse works round. If your opponent, if all you're doing is making the abs- like you say the absolute optimal choice turn by turn, you yourself are going to miss parts of the game, both in in a structural sense for playing a good game and actually trying to actually trying to win overall on the flip side you're going to miss enjoyment of the game i could do this thing here that's, that i'm pretty sure later on will make a big difference or i can i can build my board state this way but i shouldn't do that because that's an, that's an ineffective move right this second and we all know that's a bad idea that's less interesting less fun and will probably not lead you to getting better at the game right now there's i i'm also reading some um get a little yeah, a little into my work. So I'm reading a little bit more uh, about neuro, the neuroscience of learning and mm-hmm. the neuro, neuroscience of, of cognitive activity and being able to d- make decisions. And so some of that applies here. One of which is th- this go- applies to the competitive scene. We talk about grinding, you know, like let's we got to grind out games. We got to play games. We got to play games. We got to play games. Neuroscientifically, that that happens as what happens is you are internalizing a lot of the decisions that you used to not internalize, you had to actively make s- some decisions, and that occupied cognitive space, uh, largely called attentional space or cognitive space or decision-making space. So the more space you took up with those decisions, the less space you had to make future casting or future decisions or base that decision on a, on a possible future scenarios so when you grow but when you grind and when you have experience you can take those each level of decision you can take it and internalize it and you're not necessarily accessing the decision making part of your neurology but you're accessing the deep-seated knowledge memory based right and you're not even doing yeah you're not even accessing memory you're actually subconscious Mm -hmm. so you're not occupying your attentional space or your decision making space with that decision and therefore allowing you to to scan the possible decisions and go because you know all those exist and those are internalized you can then spend your attentional space projecting forward on the possible outcomes of that decision and that's important right and that's so skill. that's what gives you the skill that's what w- that's what we've all, all always called and up until i'd read this these pieces i called gut instinct mm-hmm. right that's your gut instinct so like what does my gut instinct tell me it tells me to put tells me to hang back or tells me to go now or tells me to play this card or not play this one or wait till it, i'm gonna i have the favor so i'm not going to censure that card i'm going to wait for the other one that you have in your hand it's Take the, so, take the example. Those kinds of things. All of us teaching a new player, certainly someone brand new to the game, we make a particular move. They go, well, why did you do that? And your only response is, well, that was a sensible move. And if you back out and then start to, to help them learn, you kind of have to spread out and go, well, hold on. This is good because of these things. These things that I've learned playing the game, and as you say, become instinctive. They developed into the point where that's just sensible. I know that one's good, efficient, and effective in right. a number of different ways. Right, right. And you no longer have to go, that's good because A, B, C, and D to yourself. You just go, that's good. You right. Know? And so, and and to kind of go a little bit more into this, my role as an adult educator is being able to identify the things that are in the memory space that are not in the, not in the decision-making space and bring those forth so that I can teach someone how to then internalize those things. You have to know, you have to, I have to be able to tell somebody what I know mm-hmm. so that I can 
help them learn what I know so they can come up and develop themselves. Yeah. And so that's part of the – that's why it's so hard to teach a game. And that's why I try to shy away from it because I do it professionally. <laughs> I, I try not to teach too many people how to play L5R because I insist on trying to do it perfectly because that's – who I've chosen to be professionally. Mm -hmm. it, it, what you're doing is a reverse of using gut instinct. You're, you're having to go through and rationalize all the little things that you've internalized as just being the right thing to do. And that's the, this, I see it all the time in teaching games. Like it is the big problem of going, you know, like say the, the person asking, why did, why is that a good move? And your answer is, your uh, initial answer is, because it's good. And then you go, wait a second, good. back out. You know? yeah. And what I'm kind of getting, at, what I think a lot of this is all tying around into is the idea is Nate bringing forth this idea that that's what we're striving for. We're not necessarily striving to win the game. We're striving to get better at going, I'm making a good move. I know this is a good move. I want to make a, con a consecutive set of good moves and enjoy doing that. Mm -hmm. That's games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems to me that that's in service to winning the game. True, but winning the game is not in service to that, and that's what, I'm, that's what he's getting at. You can you can have the winning the game and that happen those things happening can, can be and are very often very separate. I have enjoyed more games that I've lost close than I've won, won easily, and yeah. that's what we're here to yeah, do. Yeah, and, to and, enjoy and, the and game. Nate's point really gets to don't use the binary of whether you won or lost the game as the determiner about whether you played well. Exactly so. Right. That's where he was. Yeah, that's, that's kind of yeah. the. That's the. That's where he. That's his starting point for this article. Yeah, and he goes from there. Yeah, and saying not to belabor the point, he's also making clear that if you use that as your as your method of learning, you're going to fail. If you if if your reinforcement is I won that game, ergo the things I did in that game were good, and ergo I I should remember those things, you will actually be a bit worse at the game. Because okay. because of variance. All right. That's what he's anyway. Have you guys actually read the book? The Playing to win book. I've read enough of it to agree with the guy's basic structure and completely disagree with his philosophy. All right, <laughs> basically. Yeah. No, I have not read Playing to Win. He's a little hardcore about certain things. But yeah, I, I some I of the, some of the points that he makes though are really good. Yeah, yeah, that's what I agree. But my my point is this: I despise the concept of gamesmanship, and large parts of his thing are based on the psychology and sociology of gamesmanship, and that's balls. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Now, a couple of things. They also announced Fantasy Flight, or rather Cascade Games, announced the there's a Grand Cote mm -hmm. at PAX Unplugged. And oh. so there's going to be that. And I think PAX Unplugged takes place in Philadelphia. So there's I, I know there's a yeah, contingent the of people playing the year for PAX, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's the first of the Cote season, of the next Cote season. So it takes place in late November, uh, if not Early December. I, I was going to say shortly, shortly yeah. after, shortly yeah. after the court. Yeah. Okay. So it should be pretty cool. There's going to be KeyForge there. Uh, so the KeyForge people are like totally excited. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> that means that this game will be released by then, right? Um, I'm still hoping for uh, November fourth, November. That they, that I really hope they have KeyForge at Worlds. That would be really fun. To They'll play. have KeyForge at Worlds. They, they, they could yet have. I mean, the, so. yeah, like you said, the assumption is between the fourth. And they the had KeyForge so. at Gen Con. They'll have KeyForge yeah. at Worlds. I mean, there's no yeah. reason not yeah. to. Yeah, totally. L5R wise, I think that's. I think those are the announcements. What that we do have one for ourselves, which is, I managed to do this. I, I don't know why, where I got the freaking uh, i got a hair somewhere and um we have our own subreddit so it's not hard <laughs> to create what's hard to create is is the little um flares 
that's a little bit more a little, little, laborious, little technical. To create. If I remember you yeah, saying. a little technical <laughs> things. But we have our own subreddit, which is our Art of Warcast, and so we'll link that to you in the show notes. Yeah. And we just kind of wanted to open it up because we realized over the last, you know, three four months, we've been talking about KeyForge. We've been talking about we talked we had, did a Netrunner special, and we are much more uh, we, we we play more games than L5R. We love L5R we and that. Yeah, yeah, and we. I, I love. I still love this game. There's, there's oh, nothing yeah. about that, but I wanted to open it up to discussion about other things. Conversation and, in general. Yeah, conversation yeah. in general that doesn't have to hold to a you know two or three weeks um, push of conversation to you folks. Let, let's engage you a little bit more. Well, and I chose Reddit because Doug's not on Facebook, and I'm not going to force anybody to go to Facebook. But I want the three, of, and I know the three of us are on Reddit, and we can we can do it that way. Subreddits are accessible and pretty controllable, you know, in a, in, a, in a good way. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I once you after you mentioned this to us, I completely planned to go in there and start chatting away. I've just had a maniacal two weeks, yeah, and I'm, I'm fairly fairly common redditor, so I'll be popping on and just chatting about whatever I feel like. I, I will happily go in and say this is this week's weird board gamey card game thing here. Discuss. Yeah, yeah, and um, I'll do what I probably usually do and mostly lurk. <laughs> I mean, I normally do it myself, but I'm getting, I'm getting more and more of a actually. This is our channel. This is our subreddit. You can look. feel as if you don't. You but don't. You, can, you don't have to better. look in your subreddit. L- l- looking in your own subreddit <laughs> is even better because you know if something particularly egregious happens, you can go no, no. <laughs> <laughs> this. We are we, we are clearly discussing the wielding of power over you all in this situation. So we apologize beforehand. No, I I put up. I put up a Warhammer Champions post. There's two posts up there oh, announcing our subreddit, and yes. I also put up a hey, be my friend on Warhammer Champions. Because um, I started the online playing component, that, the right, online yeah. component. Yeah, you you because you have to share a tag. There's a, alpha, a hexadecimal tag, I think, that mm. you have to share with the people you know, and unless you can. You, know, you you have to have some communication with them, and I don't know. It's this, this make this makes some of the very very briefly glanced at Facebook posts I've saw, saw seen from Tobin recently make more sense. What what should I, which one were you, those? You posted up a whole like come come share me thing. You had the picture of the um of the of the two of the Warhammer. Yeah, but I did that in the Warhammer Champions group. Yeah, exactly. But it, but oh, it popped but it up. Popped on I, mean, your feed. I scanned quickly, saw your name, saw that card, and oh, I scanned. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I have to use Facebook professionally, as it were, <laughs> as part of the part of the thing I'm keeping track of. So very often it's like filter, filter, <laughs> spinning. Filter. Tobin, what do you do? You posted <laughs> something outside L5R. What's <laughs> going on? <laughs> well, I saw it, saw it turn up, and I'm like, oh, I get that. Yeah, Warhammer Champions is fun. I, I I have fun playing it. It it allows me. I can play it on my phone. It's, it's why 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 not? why get into another collectible? Game? Well, because it's 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 a weird not collectible. I've I still only purchased the the four boosters and the oh, sorry the four starters and the boosters that I had the handful of boosters. But because you're playing online and you play games and you level up and you do these things and you accomplish missions which are really achievements and then you accomplish achievements which are really achievements and all these other things right. <laughs> And so you get this stuff, and you get more electronic copies of the cards, right? I I shudder to think. I'm like, oh, I could play in person, and then I'm like, no, but then I'd have to go buy like no, boxes <laughs> of bo- boosters to, in order to have the cards that I have online. Because I have almost, you know, I have I'd say three quarters of the cards online, but maybe only own maybe twenty percent of those those cards, so. Yeah, it's it's kind of an online game for me. It's not necessarily a real life game yet, and that's why I can get into it. 
<laughs> and Doug's just looking as at me I blankly. sit here, look staring at your boxes of Vitas over in the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're oh, you can't see the boxes of Vitas. Sweet, they're Jesus. quite up there. There's yeah, a, there's a fifteen of them. I can see them. Fifteen doubles. <laughs> looking <laughs> right at them. Fifteen doubles. Yeah. Well, I guess that kind of explains it. I mean, to be fair enough. I see all this in any, any form you can think of. One of my personal favorite ones is the guys this week coming going, hey, I'd like a full box of Guilds of Ravnica. In fact, a few full boxes of Guilds of Ravnica. It's been that kind of week. And I'll have a pack of Pokemon, and as I'm doing that, I'm doing Pokemon <laughs> Go on my phone. I mean, that's just what we see right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if you're interested and on Reddit and want to you know, dial up the exchange with us a little bit more, you're welcome to join that Reddit or, or follow it or whatever. Whatever the term might be, subscribe to it. Um, <laughs> we also want <laughs> top men. On <laughs> yeah, as you can see, the the uh, the Reddit, what is it? Moderator skill is pretty low at this point. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and a special thanks. What one message to we have another Patreon supporter. The newest supporter is Daimyo Titan Slam from Alabama. Ooh. Thank you so much okay. to all our supporters. The first wave of sleeves has shipped. Uh, we have ordered more, but have run out uh, with with one giveaway that I, I'll announce real quick here. Uh, but the production time for these things can be long. It took the first. It took me, I think, two months to receive the first six, order of sixty, and I've just ordered the second wave uh, last weekend. So i'm hoping it comes sooner it seemed to get lost in the production process but i'm hoping it comes sooner we'll get you the, those as soon as they come out uh, uh, if you're interested in supporting our efforts please check out our patreon page yes carl same tiny anecdote um these things are so popular that tobin gave a few of them to each of us to show off to people and then came and took them back <laughs> oh yeah 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 so <laughs> we had a, we have a winner so we had a quick guest episode 33 contest last one i put it into the show notes uh, and that's the only place I put it. I put it into the show notes, so if uh, you had to pay attention there. And we had a few <laughs> people submit entries. Uh, all were more or less correct, so we put them into a hat and drew it out. And Hussein Bandy won the last set of sleeves we had, which is the same set of sleeves that Carl has, had <laughs> co contributed back to me. Nice. It, it all comes together. <laughs> I see now. So congratulations, Hussein, uh, and thanks for listening. We again, we have those sleeves, uh, and they they came out pretty well, I think. Nice little tough things, yeah. One more message is we'll be hosting again our second annual Smokes, Tokes, and Rokugan at Joe Sensors on Thursday, November first, on Roseville, Minnesota. Now, with the with the release of the schedule, I looked into moving this to Friday in the interest of having more people attend on Friday, but uh, the Joe Sensors folks said Friday nights are a lot more busy, mm -hmm. as you might expect. So uh, he kind of he didn't say no, but he did push back a little bit on scheduling that entire room for a Friday night. So I just I let it lie and said November 1st is fine. So hopefully those of you uh, who are coming in can make it. Now, I, I do want to say that even though it sounds and there will be smoking at the event and it sounds like smoking is required, it's really just a gathering of people and some of whom will smoke cigars. You don't need to smoke. You don't need to enjoy smoking. You can hate smoking. You can stay away from it completely. There's no <laughs> onus stand. on you being any any kind of smoke in any way, shape, or form. You can stand in the lawn like and judge them through the window. It's yes, fine. exactly. <laughs> judge away. I've, I'm totally used to it. My wife has judged me insanely and Level somehow i still managed to have a cigar <laughs> that's not that's not one record so, yeah but um 
please don't shy away from it because you think there's you're going to be in a smoke filled room. For those That's of you actually, who don't, the, actually the opposite. For those of you who don't know Tobin, uh, most of his life is spent with a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Rough. There, there, there he, sorry, there, there, there's, there's your image. There he is. His crab deck. His crane deck laid out. Some 24 on her. I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. One, of the, one of the best. You smoke more cigars than anybody, <laughs> any of my other cigar smoking friends. True. <laughs> one of the best things that ever happened, one of the signs that Conquest was still my game was they shared an alternate art void pirate uh, at Worlds 2016 when that game ended, or 2016 when that game ended. Mm-hmm. And there were, the alt art was a, was a kind of an orcish, brutish ogren fella mm-hmm. with a pirate's hat and a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's my card. This is my game. Uh, but you, again, you need not, be a smoker. Please feel welcome. I am not by any means an in- exclusive kind of person. I want to include as many people as you want. That and being said, if you don't want to bar, come to Joe Sensors, come have a cocktail if you don't yeah. smoke. Most definitely. Or a, or probably like a yard-long beer, for that matter. Ooh. There you go. But there are choices. There are choices. And hopefully it won't be too cold. If you would like to join the discussion have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions, you can contact us at artofwarcast at gmail.com, via Twitter at Art of Warcast, via Facebook, or leave a comment in the episode's comments section. Please review us on iTunes. It helps other Rokugani find us. Thanks for listening, and remember, Honor is the deadliest weapon. weapon.